The Lunker Dog is on the air. Are you ready? This is The Real Guy Podcast. I actually want to say, on a serious note, that I wanted to congratulate you on the uh, the Andy Milhouse podcast. The Milhouse podcast it. was good, huh? I loved it. Dude, and people... I'm not just saying that. I really loved it. And I actually want to take the time for this podcast to kind of go over a few points that I had taken down um, that really kind of caught my eye. Or should I say caught my ear when I was listening to that podcast? It would be ear. It would yes, be ear. <laughs> See, that's the down part for me being hungry is that when I don't eat, I don't think too straight. So either you can't think straight or you fall, or asleep. fall asleep. So it's kind of a double-edged sword, but we're going to get through it. Don't worry. Bear with us, guys. So, um, well, you know, first off, though, I mean, what was that like? You know, I mean, listen, Andy Mill, fly fishing legend, you know, he's been a friend of yours for a while. You know, what was that like getting that phone call from Andy? And him saying he wanted to do a podcast with you. That must have been pretty cool. Because yeah. he's got some big names on there. Yeah. I mean, well, th- th- yeah, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool to do to be on a podcast list of, you know, because his podcast, is only, he only does them with guests. Yeah. So, and it's not, you know, c- you know, current affairs like we do. It's not, you know, goof, pops goofing around yeah. or nothing. You know, so he's always got a guest. So to be with that list of other guests was freaking phenomenal. And then to follow Mark Croca. Who, That's a tough act to follow. Well, dude, Croco was my dog. Like I like if you thought Andy, like I always thought Andy was great. I you know always thought that, you know he was just the coolest dude ever. He was a tarpon fisherman, fly fisherman, key stuff. The only way you could get cooler than Andy would be to be Croca. Yeah. And Croca, you know, like I always looked at him like he was one of the world's best fishermen that grew up right here in Broward County. Yeah. And the same exact waters that I fish in. So, yeah, to be on that list with Andy Mill was the list of people that were on that podcast. Just insane for me. You know, that was awesome. And then the amount of people that reached out to me this week after being on the podcast was awfully nice, too. A lot of positive reception. Now, how did that make you feel, especially the comments? I remember that we're looking at the comments that you had gotten on there. You know, I mean. Well, makes, How does that make you feel? It makes you feel positivity. It makes me feel good because you know when you do a podcast, you know your whole thing is 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 you want to be engaging, you want to be entertaining, you want your audience or any audience for that matter to feel um, some emotion or to spark a chord somehow. And obviously, um, Andy did a good job at, at at you know with the questions and and controlling the interview and. Um, I don't know. I kind of feel like, I don't know, like catching a pass from Tom Brady or something, you know? I mean, like, it's freaking, I feel like, okay, I did what I had to do. I was successful. I performed at a high level, you know? And, you know, that makes you feel great. No, and it's, you know, it's funny, though, because I've listened to a few of Andy's podcasts, and, you know, I think Andy's actually a great host. Oh, he's phenomenal. I think he's great. I think he knows the right questions to ask. You know, and he's got that very kind of laid back, you know, real chill demeanor that you enjoy listening to him. Um, But one thing I've noticed about his podcast, though, is they're not typically, like you were saying, like goof, like ours, like at times we get real goofy and everything. And that's, I think that's kind of one of our trademarks, which I think is great. But he's not really known for that. But the thing that I actually thought was interesting with this podcast is um, there were some funny moments in this podcast. Like there were some parts (laughs) I laughed, uh, one of which was when he was asking you about to tell the story about how the term Lunker Dog was created. Right. And I didn't even know this story in all the years that I knew you. And you were talking about how 
it was a um, I think he was a bouncer or somebody, and his name was Jeff that you had working at the bar. Correct. I never knew this. Yeah. So do you still keep in touch with him? No, and and every once in a while we'll bring up Jeff and we like wonder what happened to him or whatever. But you know, Jeff was probably a little bit older than us at the time. So, oh, so he's older than. Oh, I thought he was younger than you guys. And he was probably a little older than us. Well, we were pretty young. I mean, I was, I was one of the first twenty-one-year-old kids to have a liquor license in Fort Lauderdale. That's awesome. Remember how young we were when we did that. So to be older than us was not a big deal. Not, yeah, he was maybe twenty-five. Yeah, right, 26. he was right, but he probably missed that whole digital age. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like my brother is only two years older than me. And he don't do nothing. He don't do Facebook, Twitter. He has a hard time with digital photos. You know, he's probably still got a flip phone. <laughs> well, I think he's got the iPhone, but that's only because his wife made him do it. And but he, he probably struggles with it. Yeah, exactly. And um, not like I don't, but you know what I mean. So I don't, you know, keeping up with Jeff was hard. But we we we, we talk about that. We go, oh, what now Jeff's doing? You know, because he was just a good dude, and we'd always have him down there. Was and he then, the bouncer? Is that what he was? Yeah, and he looked like a bouncer. I was going to say, was he a big dude? Yeah, he looked like a bouncer. Soft-spoken, really nice dude. But like, if you didn't know him and you were looking across the bar at him, you'd be like, I'm not messing I'm with not that dude. I'm not messing with that dude. And yeah, and then you know, in that in that in that day and age, you know, the bouncer thing was a big thing. You were yeah. a bouncer. You were a badass, basically. Well, it's just you know the bouncer image, that whole bouncer job. You know, that was like a. It was like a big thing in those days, you know what I mean? Like being able to beat somebody up was a big thing in the old days. It was like making cash. It was a big deal. It was cool. Dude, we, we even had, you know, we even had movies about beating people up. You remember Fido Beto and Clint Eastwood and stuff? Rocky. Rocky. Well, Rocky was boxing. I'm talking about fist fighting, you know, beating people up. Oh, you're talking about like like down and dirty beating them up. I mean like outdoor fighting. Fido Beto, do you, are you familiar with those? No, I've never heard of that. You never heard of him? <laughs> <laughs> they did he, you know Clint Eastwood when he was in his 40s or whatever he would do these these Fido Beto um, characters in these movies it was Hang Loose or no Any Which Way But Loose he had a pet orangutan we talked about that he had a pet orangutan yes and then he would go around and street fight and then people would bet on him and he'd bet on himself and that's how he'd get by but it was about fist fight you know it was it was a thing that's like today awesome. you millennials you know, you guys are know. not really into fist fighting. My kid's going into high school this year. Never seen a fist fight. Well, you know what's funny? My generation, they like to talk about fist fighting a lot. They talk about everybody wants to act like a tough guy. But nobody Probably fights. Probably never ever got in a fight. How the heck did we get on fist fighting from Andy Mill? You should have what? <laughs> I said, how the hell did we get to fist fighting from the Andy Mill podcast? We were talking about Jeff and the oh, that's right. He used Christian. to say, so he used to say, those are Lunker's dog. Right. Is what he used to say. Right. Those are Lunker's dog. That's awesome. You know, something else that uh, I thought was really cool, too, is when he was asking you about creating the content, you know? And at the time, you know, and we've talked about this before, you know, you guys were pioneers, you know, just starting to use YouTube when it first came out. Nobody was really using YouTube at the time, you know? And I actually thought it was funny, too, of how you were saying how two minutes of film would take, like, 24 hours to upload, upload. Yeah. and you had to literally sit there and pray then didn't crash correct. while it was uploading it correct, correct correct which i thought was pretty funny but something else i thought was interesting too that you brought up um the fact that and we still do this to this day you didn't want to take yourselves too seriously you didn't want to take yourself too seriously you wanted people to laugh you wanted people to have fun and i remember you talked about andy thompson mm -hmm. and you said he was one of the best guides correct 
and you said that you remembered seeing Mark Sosen on his show, and I remember you were saying of how you remember how Mark Sosen he just would talk down to Andy. We wouldn't like talk like down to him like you know. Well, he was very it, arrogant. It wasn't that apparent if you didn't know that Andy was the superstar behind the whole thing. Yeah, but do you want to? Speaking of Andy, one of the people that reached out to me after the podcast was Andy. Oh, he reached out. And Andy and I don't talk. Like, it's not like, you know, we text or, you know, find out how each other are doing. Like, I don't even He's know. He's not, like, on the same level as Carl. Like, it's, it's a well, different Well, Carl lives down the street and, you know, if Carl needs something, he feels free to call me and vice versa. Andy and I don't really speak. Okay. So I haven't spoken to Andy or even seen Andy in probably five years, four or five years anyway. But after he heard the podcast and the discussion about him taking Sosin out and putting him on all the fish. That he, struck a chord with him. That struck a chord with him. And he, feel, he felt compelled to give me a text and be like, hey, thanks for the kind words. I know we don't talk that much. I just wanted you to know that I listened and I enjoyed the podcast. And I was, man, that's awesome. Well, it's interesting, though, how you talk about, you know, if you didn't know that Andy, how good he was, you probably wouldn't have thought anything of it, Sosin being kind of arrogant. Right. But but that brings up an interesting point about him texting you saying, thank you for the kind words and really striking a chord with him is he was probably been feeling that way for a long time and probably going like, man, nobody even really knew that, you know, if it wasn't for me, we wouldn't have been on these fish. So yeah. the fact that you actually addressed it. Who knows? Maybe he's been waiting for years for somebody to actually bring that up. Well, I'm sure he's. I'm sure you know he. I'm sure, you know he's not a dumb dude. So I'm sure he, you know he knows over the years. But I think, I think you know him hearing it from somebody, on the same wavelength as him. I think it meant something to the guy, and I think that. Um, it's all about honesty, like when you when you do an interview with Andy Mill, and you put your heart out there, and you and you're honest on your answers and you're not a canned entertainer no because think, think about i'm not dude most entertainers most really you know people they get asked to do these types things you know your, your bill dances of the world are so used to this happening well they're used to the same questions being asked Correct. every time Correct. And, Correct. and they've already got the answer lined up and it's canned you know and um not to say that they're not being honest or whatever but when you interview somebody like me that is not canned, I think because of that, Andy and I were able to go back and forth, and Nikki also, and people felt like they were part of it. See, the thing that I thought was really cool about this podcast is I feel like you accomplished, I really mean this true, I feel like you accomplished a lot. You know, you talk about, you know, you made people laugh. Right. You struck chords, you know, but different chords. So with Andy, you obviously struck a chord on a personal level, you know, something of how he felt. Right. But a couple other chords that you struck, though, is keep in mind that you did this podcast the night before we did the big protest yeah. down there over at Cooley Hammock. Yeah. And I loved listening to you actually talk, and I loved hearing you fired up and all passionate as you were describing this, too. Because that's how we all were feeling. Especially us here in Fort Lauderdale. I can vouch for that. That's how I was feeling. Right. You know, I love the fact, too, something that Andy said, too, that I loved is when he said, with these problems, with the water issues that we're facing here in Florida, think globally, but act locally. I like that. that I wrote that down because that stuck with me. 
And then something else that you had brought up too was in response to that is you said, I'm a big fan of baby steps. Right. And I loved it when you said that you've learned that if you take the right baby steps, the bigger steps actually become easier to take. Mm -hmm. And that struck a chord with me because as you know, I'm finally moving into my own place. And you know, this is a little off topic, but it, that struck a chord with me because I was, there was a few people that kind of criticized me for not moving out earlier. A lot of those people that did that because they couldn't wait to get out ended up right back home. <laughs> but I waited and I saved. You put yourself in a position I to make my, that I, next to, step. To make right. that, so now this, that's a big step moving out. Because I did that, this big step has actually now become easier for me to take. So you struck a chord with me there personally. Nice. Nice. You probably didn't see that coming, did you? Didn't, would not, no, would not have seen that coming, but it's good. Another thing that I remember that you were talking about, um, about the whole protest too, is you said Florida has been a giant real estate deal almost from the get-go. And I loved it when you said that because, as you know, house has been up for sale, house sold. I, I met the realtor for the first time um, about three days ago. Mm -hmm. the, day that, the day I listened to the podcast, I met the realtor that morning. Okay, he said some. It's coincidental that he said something to me that, and I never knew this. Maybe you know this. There's an old saying about moving to Florida. He said the first thing you do when you move to Florida is you get your driver's license. The second thing you do is you get your real estate license. <laughs> and I thought that that was hilarious when you said that the state of Florida has essentially been one giant real estate deal from the get-go, because a lot of people, Jeff, across the state of Florida, there's almost a hundred. Down here in Broward, Miami, and West Palm, 83,000 licensed realtors. Yep. Everybody just wants to build and gobble up the land. Well, and there's no other industry down here. It's not like, you know. I mean, look at what we have. Right. But, but here's the thing. Look at what we have, which is now getting destroyed due to all these sewage issues. Well. And listening to you get fired up, that struck a chord with me, too. Because I've had to watch, now obviously I haven't been fishing as long as you have, but I started fishing Dania Beach, it was 2014, right at the tail end of when you could actually still catch a snook on that beach. Right. And over the years, I've seen it get worse and worse, and I've seen the quality of the water over there get worse and worse, and it breaks my heart. And even as I'm sitting here talking to you, as you can see, I'm kind of getting fired up. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you're, dude, you're not alone. I mean... This year, um, if this COVID thing would finally go away, which I got a feeling it's going to go away right about November 3rd. But November 3rd. Isn't that election day? I don't know, but I have a theory that it's going to at least start to slow. Because it's not going to last forever, dude. And you know that after a nothing, certain point. Nothing lasts forever. The media is going to almost. Because that's what happens. The media gets tired of talking about one thing. Dude, it's an election year. As soon as the election stuff is over, the narrative's going to change big time. And I'm just hoping that between the podcast, between some of the other stuff that we're doing, Andy was a great, great help. The timing of the podcast was perfect. was good because we want to get that emotion going again and get the will of the people fired up again. That's what get I Get their mind off of COVID and continue with the movement. That Florida needs to take 
in order to keep it the way we want it. See, the thing I like that you brought that up because when I first heard that you had said that you had recorded this the night before the protest. Now, mind you, we did the protest back in like January. Correct. Okay. Part of me at first was like, why did, we, why did, he, why did Andy wait so long to release this? After listening to it, I was so happy that he waited right. because I feel like everything came together the way it was supposed to. Listening to that now, again, I got all fired up again. Mm-hmm. It was almost like that fire inside of me got reignited. So I actually think that, Jeff, that was the perfect thing that he could have done was waiting to release it. And I'm hoping that everybody else that listened to this podcast got felt that sort of reignition that I felt mm-hmm. when I listened to the podcast. Well, I, I think they did. I think they did. I mean, with, through the comments and everything, you know, that, that we've been seeing. And Andy did a, a well, we keep saying Andy, but really Nikki, Nikki Mill. Because Nikki is the work behind the podcast. He's like the editor and everything. He, Nikki basically told his old man, listen, we really should do this podcast series. We should do this podcast series because, and then it was kind of like his movement of, and you know, the Andy being older didn't really, you know, kind of get it. So Nikki um, was actually the nuts and bolts, the production behind the whole podcast, which a lot of people don't get. You know what I loved, actually? I love the relationship that Nikki and Andy have. It is father and son, but it's also like kind of like best buddies, too. Yeah, and and you can tell. And now with the podcast, like, I don't know what they did as far as business together before. But, um, you know, not like podcasting is, you know, going to be one of these businesses is going to be a multi-billion dollar business or anything. But to do that type of activity, to try to accomplish the same goal with your dad, you know, on multiple levels, like they fish together, they hunt together. Now they're doing this whole podcast thing together. You know, they definitely have a bond. And when you when you hang out with them, you can see it, you can feel it. Oh, dude, it's like a no brainer. You know what else I loved from that podcast? And don't get mad at me, but I loved that he actually did an homage to my dog, Jose. Remember? <laughs> yeah. He said when they got out because it was all cloudy and Andy went and he got a dozen. And he said, we're dedicating this mullet to Jose. <laughs> I loved it. Well, of course you loved it. You freaking, anytime you even hear Jose's name. And you, Flip, you those, are my dogs. Your dogs. those are my dogs. <laughs> One of these days we're going to be someplace and Flip's going to be there. I'm hoping that if we go to Titusville, maybe Flip might show up. Maybe, but <laughs> I'm gonna have to I, don't really, I don't really know Flip. Have you met him? I've met him briefly, but I don't really know Flip. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to be the guy that introduces you to Flip. Really? Yeah. Or at least be there when you get introduced. When I meet him. But I, I'm going to probably be glowing. Right. I, I would love to be, to be like, hey, Flip, this is my buddy, Busaka. And then you can... I would, just, I would love to say to Flip how much I wanted to thank him for the fact that how his videos of bone fishing inspired me to keep going. Oh, dude, you're killing me. I'm just speaking the truth. You're killing he me. He was one of the few people that actually had quality bonefish videos. Dude, for me, I'm 50. For you. Who else is doing bonefish videos right now? It's true. Everybody's doing redfish and Goliath grouper. Yeah, or shark. <laughs> and rays. <laughs> so it's like, that means a lot to me. Well, good. So... But anyways, listen, let's go ahead and wrap up the podcast. Well, um, I'm glad you I'm glad you were fired up enough about the Andy Mill podcast to actually bring it up. 
And if you I guys was. haven't listened to the Andy Mill podcast, it's Millhouse podcast. And I was uh, featured as the latest guest. Um, it just says Jeff Maggio. So make sure you listen to it if you haven't. And then probably want to listen to this again because this podcast will make a hell of a lot more sense to you if yeah. you listen to that one. It's Which almost is, like a cliff notes of the, of the podcast. Well, and that's been my theme lately. I think people should podcast a lot more with this crap media that we have between the local media, the newspapers, and the friggin' national news stations. I think people ought to spend a lot more time listening to podcasts and finding out information from real guys like you or me or from Andy or from whatever. Get away from the sorry-ass narrative that all the media is covering at the same time, which I went over in the podcast about the DeSantis interview. And I think people should podcast a hell of a lot more. And I'm glad that Andy's podcast had that type of um, response and emotion and not just for you but for everybody else so thanks and run that dog run that dog